Hi everyone, this is Chris, a.k.a. Magoogs, a.k.a. Mac to the Gow, a.k.a. host of Chris Watches, Pretty Little Liars, here for the Season 2 finale, Season 2, Episode 25. So you should hear this at the beginning of August, and then I have a couple specials planned for subsequent weeks in August. We'll see how many surprises I can work in. And then my, my thinking is that you will hear uh, my debut of Season 3 on Friday, September 2nd. So if you're like, Chris, when are we getting to Season 3? Well, that's when you're going to get it. So we'll have this on the 5th, a couple surprises throughout the month of August. Uh, that's usually vacation month for people anyway. And then Season 3 begins uh, Friday, September 2nd. And before we dive in, which we should just dive in, right? This is just going to be pretty much a summary because we're going to do a lot of examination over August here of this uh, season and season two finale. I guess if I were to give one word to describe how I reacted to the season two finale of Pretty Little Liars, that word would be, huh? Chris watches Pretty Little Liars. Chris watches Pretty Little Liars. Chris watches Pretty Little Liars, so he can help you figure out who's a... Here we are, Season 2, Episode 25, Unmasked, um, here on Pretty Little Liars. Let's just, let's just go through it. A lot happened, and then not a lot happened, if that makes sense. If you've seen this already, or you're watching along with me, you know exactly what I mean. We get our previously on, just a quick summary of all the shit, right? We have the number one on the postcard. Uh, they have A's phone. Well, is Melissa A? Question mark. Ezra is leaving town. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. Maya's gone. Paige tried to make a kiss. Toby tells Spencer to get effed. The infamous page five, which we still don't know what the hell is on that page five at the end of this whole effing season. <laughs> uh, and then the arrest of Garrett. So we apparently jump in time here at the start here in Spencer's house where all the liars are watching TV where the big news story is Garrett is arrested for the murder of Allison De Laurentiis. He pleads not guilty. And they say the reason why he was brought to justice is that this page five pointed toward his direction. Again, we have no idea what's on there. We have no idea why, but that's what they're saying. And then Spencer turns to the other liars and says, hey, my mom's friend knows the prosecutor. And she told me that Jenna was the one that gave them the page five. As if on cue, Melissa comes in kind of gloating, kind of gloating. It's very weird. They're all, you know, liars are freaking out. She's like, hmm, um, can, can I have your frozen yogurt? So she grabs Arya's frozen yogurt and she says something that she, she kind of said way back in season one, right? Something about not quite that Allison deserved it, but, you know, she got what she deserved, right? Uh, she knows about the Jenna thing. It's made very clear she knows about the Jenna thing, which of course she does, but... She pretends like she's just um, celebrating in the victory of, you know, Ian didn't do it, right? Garrett did it. But it sure seems like an A doing a victory lap here. Uh, she, by the way, takes Arya's frozen yogurt, doesn't even give it back. The second she leaves, I would say maybe five seconds after she leaves, they all get an A text. You still have something that belongs to me. Bring it or one of you leaves in a body bag. Doorbell rings, ding dong. A messenger arrives, I'm assuming from Speed Demon Express. An envelope containing four smaller envelopes. They're all invited to a masquerade ball. <laughs> I didn't freeze frame on the invitation, so maybe eagle eye viewers will know this. It's not clear who is hosting this, where it's at, why they're invited via this envelope, why all these other people are at this masquerade ball, why everyone knows about it. It's just a masquerade ball and a messenger new to, to deliver all their invitations to them at Spencer's, there is, of course, an A note inside. Be there when the clock strikes midnight. So there's that. And they're like, hey, this is hide and seek. And Spencer runs to the door watching Melissa go into, I guess, the pool house or the uh, the side of the barn. 
with Arya's frozen yogurt. And she says, that was always Melissa's favorite game growing up. It's a game I always won, which I was a little confused about that logic, but I guess they're playing a game of hide and seek. So maybe that's a theme I missed when I watched it, but hide and seek, everybody. Hide and seek. Cut to walking to school. Hannah, Arya, and Emily are all walking to school. A lot of chat about how Melissa must be A, right? And Emily's like, hey, don't forget about Jenna. And then there's a fun little, let's talk about Spencer while she's not in the group. And there's a brief chat that Melissa might be smarter than Spencer. And Spencer very eloquently uh, corrects them that she is statistically smarter than her sister. And then there's a, the chat about, hey, we got to go through that bag again. Spencer brings you to school because she's like, I can't leave it at home. Who knows what Melissa, a.k.a. A, would do with it. So they need to uh, look into it after school. As if on cue, Mona walks up. And she apparently was invited to this mysterious masquerade ball, which everyone seems to be willing to go to. She makes a joke about blind Jenna, which is interesting that she, at least to the liars, is saying, I don't know that Jenna can see. Just noting that. It's very, it's very specific. They say she says blind Jenna is why I'm, why I'm saying that. Uh, she mentions that Jenna dumped Noel to be with Toby, which is, sick. I mean, that's kind of said and no one really jumps at that. Uh, very odd but yeah and then she says hey let's go and shop for costumes after school and everyone has a weird excuse uh they're all not going they're you know whatever well because they're going to do this this mission to look through the bag but also mona and then even hannah turns down mona she says nah i'm sorry i can't can't do that mona says i'm all alone again bell rings cut to after school (laughs) there they picked the safest place they could think of ezra fitz's apartment Oh, my God. I guess that's the safe house. Um, Arya is like, I think we broke up for real this time. I guess he left town and kept the apartment. Really weird. Anyway, Mona texts Hannah, hugging Caleb. FYI, noting that. She's like, well, now she knows I lied to her about hanging out with Caleb or something. And then Caleb calls Hannah. Hannah, you know, Red X is him. Doesn't take the call. She's like, well, now Hannah's feeling bad about lying to everybody. And... Someone brings up the fact that this is what happened to Dr. Ann Sullivan. Wow. Surprising they bring her up. And then Hannah lays down. Hannah lays back on the bed like, ugh, right? And Arya says, hey, would, could you not lay on the bed? It's a sacred place. Ugh, ugh. I mean, all the liars are like, ooh. And I was a little grossed out. Yeah, again, it's, it's very clear. That's where they have sex. Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, they determine that where they need to go, like Dowie's law... Dowry's Landing is like an airstrip near where um, Duncan dropped off Alley via airplane. They somehow put together that uh, Lost Woods Resort is where this number one refers to some sort of motel. Allie must have stayed there when she got back to Rosewood, or I should say the general area, right? Another thing just to note overall, this was a very horror movie inspired episode, wasn't it? It was like just a pastiche, is that the right word I should use? Pastiche or a montage of various movies, right? For instance, this show does do jump scares, but this was a very traditional jump scare. They're driving to the Lost Woods Resort, and then something runs in front of the car. They stop in time. It looked like a person, although they said they thought it was a deer, but it's a classic jump scare. They see a red light. They pull in. Creepy sign for Lost Woods Resorts creepy guy who works there it had a very Bates motel psycho feel to it this whole section right out of psycho you can say inspired by but unlike other episodes this was very much like paying homage to all these traditional horror movie tropes i felt a little uh, i did not like it i just thought it was very unusual and a very i didn't quite understand why they did that stylistic 
turn. But, you know, whatever. It's their show. So, weird, weird quick sidebar here uh, when they meet this uh, person. Uh, Travis Ritchie, I don't know, he, I'm sure he doesn't listen to this podcast. Uh, as a Doctor Who fan, those of you in the community know Travis Ritchie as someone who plays a uh, character that appeared on Community as a Doctor Who uh, inspired show. Uh, Travis Ritchie has gone on to create more episodes of this character. Uh, I forget his character name off the top of my head. What is Travis? What is his name? Uh, the character is called Inspector Spacetime. So uh, it's not lost on me that if you um, look up his character name, I don't know if they actually say his character name, but his character's name is. Harold Crane, and uh, that's the last name used in the original Psycho. And there's a Marion Crane and, and Lila Crane, so uh, not lost on me, the um, the cheeky winks at uh, all these other movies. So he's like, I like guests. So they asked to stay in room one. Uh, he says, how did you know about room one? It has the hottest water. <laughs> that's funny. It says he doesn't know Vivian and doesn't give up. Basically, he says he doesn't know Vivian because Spencer asks him if he knows her. He does look a little shifty, but he says he doesn't tell anybody who stays here. If you want to be here, you want to be kind of hiding. So he wouldn't give, he wouldn't give up Vivian even if he knew her. I think he does, but Hannah trips for whatever reason. Well, we find out why later. Uh, they get to room one and they're just going through the room looking to see if like, you know, I stashed something in here, right? Like what might be in here? They don't find anything. And then they decide, okay, Spencer and Aria are going to go to the lobby and look through that guest book, see if Vivian signed in here, right? Hannah decides to shower and then the phone rings and Emily runs out to get the phone call. So she leaves this is literally right out of Psycho. So Hannah's in the shower. We, ha- we have the basic infamous shower scene from Psycho happening here. Cut to Spencer and Arya in the lobby. They do indeed find out that Vivian did stay here. Uh, we see the hooded vigilante run up. Uh, outside is Emily's on the phone. She can't get a hold of Maya. That person is inside the hotel room as Hannah is showering. And then they kind of duck away and she, and she hops out and she's like, oh, the door's open. Something weird's going on. Overnight happens. So they wake up the next morning. They, I guess they stayed overnight there. I was like, did the, hoodie, did the hoodie vigilante do something? I don't know. So I thought the person looked like Lucas or Mona. Okay. And just because where we're headed, I don't think this necessarily means it's Mona. Anyway, somehow they have a little peephole on the other side of the wall. So hoodie vigilante removes a painting and now can hear and see into their room. Creepy AF, right? Team Sparia. So they got to return the book and basically get the hell out of there before... Uh, Creepy guy knows that they're there. Caleb is not going to go to the masquerade. I'm not surprised. And they basically run out of there. I don't really know what Hood of Vigilante heard through the wall. I don't. They didn't really say too much there. Maybe I need to rewatch that scene. I don't think it really gave anything away, but they were listening. So cut to Toby going through the Dealerentis uh, damage. Uh, no Jason in this episode. Apparently not booked. Spencer pulls up and says, um, "You know, did they find out anything?" And he's like, "All they know it was not an accident." And then she says, will you forgive me, Toby? And Jenna already has. And he just says, I have work to do. And then as Spencer pulls away, Toby gets a call from Dr. Sullivan. Okay. Cut to Jenna walking into a random place by herself. She drove. It's worth noting. Uh, she meets up with somebody. It could be Huda Vigilante. It might not be. Jenna says, well, I, can't, I was so glad I'm able to see you. And she hands this person something. Again, I couldn't tell what it was. It looked like a t-shirt. Uh, maybe I need to rewatch it again. Maybe it's the um, the outfit that this person eventually wore. I, I don't know. It wasn't very clear to me what's going on here. Uh, but basically says, they're all going to be at the party. Do, do your thing. Cut to this random masquerade party. All liars walk in at the top of the stairs. Very dramatic. They said, hey, let's split up. Uh, Hannah walks away and Caleb shows up as Romeo. So they're, they're together. Mona is there. And she says, call me guilty. <laughs> I got uh, Caleb his outfit. So Hannah and Caleb walk away and Mona's still standing there. And she says, I have you all figured out. 
And I was like, oh, a, no, a little fake out. You're a great friend to Hannah. And Mona's like, I know. And Spencer apologizes to Mona. So this is a yet another apology to Mona about the way Allie, and by lack of interfering, the other four liars treat Mona. So this is a second apology to Mona. Mona casually mentions that she took Caleb to Brookhaven. Clearly a little nod or, or prodding the bear here because she knows that's where they were going the other day. And so this prompts, this little conversation between Spencer and Mona triggers a memory for Mona. So we are seeing, now here's the, here's the, boy, this episode. We are seeing Mona's version of events. And not only are we seeing Mona's version of events, we are seeing the story of Mona's versions of events, if that makes sense. So this might not even be the real story from Mona's point of view. This might be completely fictional is what I'm saying. But we are treated to an entire reenactment of what could be a completely fictional scene. I don't know why they would have done this, but they did. Mona sees Vivian looking through a window of some store. She approaches, and she, uh, Vivian, a.k.a. Allie, is looking at somebody. And Mona, as geeky Mona, is like, what are you doing? And Allie's like, don't mind your, mind your business. Mona uh, says, well, looks like I got dirt on you now, Allie. Allie says, well, what can I do to help keep your mouth shut? And Mona says, I want to be popular. She wants to be popular. So we see Allie take out the infamous postcard, write a number on it, rip it in half, hand Mona a card part of the card with a phone number on there. Is that Allie's phone number? I don't know. That's an assumption that's made. But a phone number is written on that postcard. Hands it to Mona. We come back to the present. So that is what Mona says to Spencer. What Spencer pulls from the story is it hits her. Allie was actually following A in that, in that moment. We have someone enter the party that's wearing in a fancy getup. I think this is Jenna at this point. And they, they start starting to do texts. There's, there's text going around. Arya wanders off. And it turns out this person following her is indeed Jenna. We run to yet another hall of mirrors. Boy, Rosewood loves parties with halls of mirrors. So she's walking through this little, it's not even a room. It's just like part of the dance floor, it looks like. And guess who says, I couldn't, I couldn't stay away. Ezra effing Fitz, wearing his little, little mask. I, I just screamed, ugh, this will not, this is, <laughs> he's not going away, is he, folks? Um, we cut to Hannah and Caleb dancing, some sweet music going on. And then Spencer puts together that room two is the A room. Spencer and Emily are on the phone. And Emily to Spencer is like, where the F are you? She's like, we got to go to this motel. We got to check out room two. I am with Mona. So we see that Spencer is in Mona's car. Mona flying down the highway. Emily's like, is this a good idea? But it's too late. Then Emily spots Jenna. Uh, we get a quick stock video footage of a full moon. I don't know why we saw the full moon. I thought maybe we we're going to get werewolves, but I guess not. Cut to Spencer with... Uh, Travis Ritchie, uh, Inspector Space Time. Uh, they're having a chat. Mona snooping. She gets the key to room two. Spencer's like, this tea was great. And she runs away. And uh, Inspector Space Time is very sad. Ezra and Arya are dancing. He goes, I want to see you. I want to see your face. So he takes off Arya's mask. So Arya is unmasked. Hence the title. Ezra takes off his mask. And then they start smooching at this dance. Um, hello? Um... Um, hi, excuse me? This is a dance, not exclusively, clearly, because we have a grown adult here uh, of students, but a good chunk of them are students. So we now know, I, I picture someone saying, hey, is that a teacher smooching a student? Uh, I guess it's supposed to be done for dramatic emotional purposes, like they're finally living their relationship in public. <sighs> and then a double ugh. Emily gets grabbed by Paige, of course, right? And Emily jumps like, oh, Jesus. I thought, no. 
Cut to room two. They open the door, and we see Allison picks pictures all over the place. Just an entire room filled with Allison photos. There's photos of them as well, the liars. And then basically Spencer says, this is A's lair. Quick scene of Paige trying to apologize. And you can tell she's like, I'd love to get back together. And Emily's like, I want to be friends. And Paige is like, hmm, okay. Don't believe Paige there. But uh, she at least verbally agrees to friendship. We'll see how long that lasts. Room two. Mona's going through stuff. We see liar dolls. Just just a whole bunch of terrible stuff. We find some drawings of a, I guess, a, a concept of this masquerade dress, which again, I don't know where this dance came out of nowhere, that they went to a designer to design a dress for this masquerade. A is going to be dressed as Black Swan. That is the, again, yet another assumption made. A will be dressed as Black Swan. So Mona hands Spencer that photo. And uh, Spencer says, hey, call Hannah and tell her, look for Black Swan, right? Cut to the dance. I think someone walks in. I think the person that walks in here is Melissa as as the black swan. For some reason, the three liars do not know that's Melissa. I do not know why, but I am 98% sure that is Melissa. Back to room two. Mona's like, hey, you want a piece of gum? She eats a piece of gum. So she's like, no, thank you. She opens up like a diary. So Spencer's going through this diary. She finds a gum wrapper. Hmm. And so she says, well, I guess Melissa is a black swan. She did that for a charity thing. And then she asks for a piece of gum for Mona. She's like, hey, what? let me have a piece of gum. It's clear both know what's going on here. Mona goes to get more gum. She leaves the room. I will admit at this part, I thought Mona was just going to get in the car and leave Spencer there, which would have been a great way to split up the liars. Uh, But that's not what happens. At the party, the three liars see uh, the A group. Finally, well, I guess I should feel a little bit better, right? Clear coordination happening here. We see Jenna, Lucas, and Melissa, even though the liars don't recognize her. All three of them are talking. Super clear. Super, super clear. Uh, Lucas gets a non a non-speaking role this episode for some reason. Come back to room two. Mona comes back in. Spencer goes, you didn't call Hannah, did you? Spencer turns around and Mona is dressed in the hooded vigilante outfit. Mona is A. Well, I will admit, in this moment, I was like, what? Are we? Huh? So... So the liars start pursuing Melissa. It's getting close to midnight. We have this We have this min- midnight timer, right? So they're trying to chase Melissa. They find like a little feather. They're chasing through her doors and like emergency exits, etc. I failed to mention Mona knocks Spencer out. She punches her and knocks her out. So we cut back to Spencer coming to in Mona's car. Mona is driving a billion miles an hour down the road, headed to Lookout Point. It's at this point we cut back to the party. Uh, they determine, finally, Arya and uh, Hannah determine... That every time Hannah turns on the phone, it starts to at least sense notification, if not starts recording. So Hannah knows about the Mona phone. Thank God. Cut back to the car. Mona says to Spencer, join the A-team or die, I guess. The A-team. Interesting. The A-team. Not copyrighted. You all, and, and Spencer's like, I'm sorry about Allie. And, and Mona says, this is where I realized, wait a second. This is all BS. She says, I am doing all this because you took Hannah from me. What? And then Mona says she has the gun. Melissa doesn't have the gun. I do. Liars know where she's... So Arya calls Spencer. Spencer picks up. Spencer points her phone towards Mona so they can hear all this. Hannah's like, oh shit, Mona is A. They hear they're going to lookout point. Arya's like, I know a shortcut. Hop in the car. They're going to cut him off at the pass. This is all happening so quick, folks. That's why I'm flying through this. It's very quick. Uh, They reach lookout point. The three liars catch up, almost run Mona over because Mona and Spencer pull up. God, I'm going so fast, I forgot all the beats here. The three liars make their way to lookout point. While they're driving there, Spencer pulls the emergency brake, causing a little, causing the car to stop. 
hops out of the car. Mona pursues her. Hannah almost hits Mona with her car. Mona screams, a primal scream. All the liars hop out, fight with Mona and Spencer. And then, again, another horror movie trope, Mona goes over the edge, and they all look like she's dead. They're like, oh, my God, she's dead. Well, it looks like it's a 10-foot drop down on the ground there. Police paramedics show up. Dr. Sullivan, of all people, runs up and says, Mona did this. She was the one that threatened my son. And then the paramedics are like, Mona survived. And so, yeah, <laughs> this shot of Mona looking like she just woke up uh, on this little bit of grass. So Mona did not die. It's funny. I think it's Mona that says this. I just wrote this down. I forget when this is said. But someone says that's what we want. W-E, we want. Always plural. A lot of plurals from Mona. Uh, Toby ends up at the police station after, and he's like, I pretended not to care. Doesn't explain that at all, by the way. He doesn't explain why he was part of some sort of subterfuge here. He just says he had to pretend not to care. And Spencer's like, well, I'll just hug you and forgive you. And then they're all walking home. They come to, I don't know what house even this is. Is this Emily's house? Anyway, paramedics are there. They, they found a body. Pam runs out. Uh, Emily's mom and says, they think it's Maya, which again, weird. Everyone's crying. Emily has, I'll admit, Emily has a very powerful, tragic emotional reaction to this. But again, like the season one, episode one, Pam even says they think it's Maya. Body bag, completely zipped up. No idea what's going on here. Completely confusing. I don't know what's happening here. Cut to Mona in a psych hospital. For the post credit scene, Mona is basically being shipped off to a psych hospital. And she is sitting there. And there's a visitor, someone in a red coat. And she says, I did everything you asked me to. Okay, so we're going to do a lot of analyzing for the month of August here. Season two and this, particularly the season finale. But let me just say this. I don't know what you listeners maybe expected my reaction to be here. But I am very confused at this point. Which I know is the show's intention, right? Because we know, let, let's just call a spade a spade, right? There's seven seasons of the show. The fact that at the end of season two, they completely destroyed my, my Mona is A theory has got me going back to square one. Back to square one. One could say that person that visited Mona in the post credit scenes was Jenna. That all this was an elaborate play by the A-team. Mona's words, A-team. One could argue that was Allison. That the scene that we saw with Allison and Mona was not, hey, I'll make you popular, what was the beginning of Allie's A-team. And then Mona, this entire time, has really been on Allie's team, right? Or that person in the red coat could be Melissa, right? They could be working together. It could be any number of things. We don't know. Uh, the only thing that I know for sure coming out of this season finale, which is very, very small, but still something, is I don't believe Dr. Ann Sullivan would lie to the liars. So when she says, Mona was the one that showed up and blackmailed me to do what I did, I believe that. I believe Mona was who she thought A was. But I have to be honest, folks. I know that's the intention. This does not feel like a season finale. I am even more confused than I was at the start. Everything that we saw here tonight in this episode... I would say 80, 90% of this episode was just all vagaries. Like, nothing is set in stone. We don't know what side Amona's on. Uh, we, don't know, we don't know who's on what side, basically. Why, why Jenna set up Garrett? What's on page five? How does Melissa fit into the plan? Why is Lucas back with him when he tried to run away? Why is Noel on the outs? What side is Mona on? Is she really having a psychological issue, or is this all faked? Where is Allison? Why did she not just tell the liars what the F is going on? Why this Vivian Darkbloom stuff? So many questions. Why this Maya stuff? What does Maya know? If she was really killed, who did that? Why? If she was not, 
Why? What is what is her role in all this? We don't know anything. We know less here now than we did <laughs> in the previous episode. Maybe the A experts can help me parse through this information. But I think that's going to be about it for this. I have been Chris. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Magoogs, M-A-G-O-O-G-S, twitching at Mac to the gal, M-A-C-T-O-T-H-E, G-O-W, Mac to the gal. And I've said so much for now, so I'm going to stop. popular mona's gonna be popular she's gonna take the fall for a with a hospital stay who's really a we don't know so we won't stop we have an awful long way to go five more seasons oh boy